today I want to talk to our church family about sharing your faith. Sharing your faith. A couple weeks ago on a Sunday, we passed out a spiritual health survey just to kind of find out where we're at as a church in our spiritual growth. And one of the questions that we asked you was, how often do you invite someone to church or share your faith in an average month? And we found out that 44% of the adults here at our church said they rarely invite or tell someone about Jesus. And this means that we have a lot of people who are just uncertain or maybe even afraid to have this conversation. And I get it. I totally understand. It can be really scary sometimes to think about sharing your faith. It can be even intimidating to even think about having this conversation. Maybe you feel like you just don't know what to say, or maybe you just don't want to mess it up, so you just like, I'm just going to avoid the situation at all costs because I just don't want to mess up anybody's eternity, so I'm just going to avoid the conversation. And to be honest, this is something that I have struggled with too. I've totally been there at the, in line at the grocery store and you know, you're just waiting there, minding your own business and you feel the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. You've ever been there? It's like, invite the person behind you to church. Tell them about Jesus. You're like, well, maybe next time. Or you're having a conversation with somebody at Target and you feel the conversation is leading you to invite them to church. You're just like, well, you know, I'm really in a hurry, so maybe somebody else will invite them. I've been there. I understand. But we know, church, and we agree that our world needs Jesus. And it is up to us to tell them. So today, as a church, we are going to ask God to build our confidence increase our boldness, and break our hearts for lost people. Are you ready? Here's what we need to know. We need to know that Jesus has given us our mission. In Luke 19.10, it says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. And because we strive to be like Christ, our mission is the same as his. In John 17, 18, Jesus spells this out so specifically. He said, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Well, sending us into the world to do what? Guess what? He told us that answer too. In Mark 16, 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And the good news is that even though we have all sinned, we can all be saved. And as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we have experienced the greatest miracle. We have experienced salvation. We have experienced God's forgiveness. And we want others to experience this miracle too. Romans 10, 9 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, what does this statement mean? Jesus is Lord means that I have given up control and given all authority to Jesus. 
Jesus is Lord means that I obey his commands and I follow his ways. Jesus is Lord is a proclamation that truth has transformed my life. When we declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, everything in our life is different. Why? Because truth changes us. Truth brings comfort to the brokenhearted. Truth brings love to the downcast. Truth brings hope to the hopeless. And we have all experienced this if we declare that Jesus is Lord. And we have to share the truth. And the truth about God is that he loves people. The truth about God is people are his heart. And he wants them to be saved. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us that he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. In 2017, the Barna Group released a list of the most unreached cities in America. The greater Phoenix area, where we live, was number 12 on the list of the most unreached cities in America. What does this mean? It means that a lot of people where we live desperately need to know that Jesus loves them. And when I see this, that where I live is number 12 on the list of the most unreached cities in America, I'm not okay with that statistic. And I know that it is our responsibility as the church to do something about it. But how? How will they find him? Romans 10, 14. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Church, we have to tell them. This is our responsibility. If you are a follower of Jesus, if he is the Lord of your life, this rescue mission is not optional. It is a command. And we are either obedient to what Jesus says or we're not. We either follow his heart or we don't. We have experienced God's love, his joy, his peace. We've experienced his kindness. We've experienced his provision, his faithfulness. And we cannot keep it to ourselves. Our prayer as followers of Jesus should be, help me, God, help me to proclaim, to make this proclamation that Jesus is Lord, not just in my head and in my heart, but also with my words and with my actions. This should be our prayer Our passion, our heartbeat, our battle cry should be Acts 20, 24. I want to carry the mission that I receive from the Lord Jesus, the mission of testifying to the good news of God's kindness. This is why we exist as a church. We exist as a church so that people far from God can experience new life in Jesus. And for those of you who are saved, part of your new life is joining Jesus on this rescue mission. And the truth is, the truth is, I know you care about rescuing others. 
I know you want to see your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers find Jesus. But if you're like me, it can be hard to move from feelings to actions. Am I right? As a church, let's rise up with action. We want to share our faith. We want to build the kingdom of God. We want to rescue. So let's do it. Are you ready? Are you ready, church? So tonight, we are going to talk about two simple action steps that you can take to share your faith. And we're going to get really practical about this, okay? So our first action step tonight is tell your story. Tell your story. You have a life change story. You have a story of Jesus rescuing you. Don't be afraid to share it. Nobody can argue with your story about how Jesus changed your life. You are an expert in your story. Psalm 107 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And one of the most powerful and moving ways to share Jesus is to simply tell people what Jesus has done in your life. Now, some of you may be sitting in this room thinking, listen, honey, if you knew my story, if you knew what I've done, you would not want me to tell anybody my story. But I'm here tonight to tell you, don't be ashamed of what you've gone through. Be proud of what Jesus has brought you through. Your story is powerful. Don't be afraid to share it. Now, there's another person sitting in this room that's like, well, uh, my story's not really special or dramatic in any way, so if I told my story, it would just be kind of boring. But every story of a sinner saved by grace, adopted into God's family, and given eternal life is special, and it is dramatic. And the truth about our story is, it's our story, but it's not really about us. It's about Jesus and what he has done and what he has brought us through. People are desperate for answers. They're looking for hope, and they are searching for life change. As I was preparing for my sermon this week, I looked up the hashtag life change on Instagram, and the most popular posts with the hashtag life change in the description were about workouts, Whole30, new skincare products, and food trucks. And if you scroll through hashtag life change on Instagram, you will just see post after post after post of before and after pictures. Before I started my workout and after. Before I started Whole30, no thank you by the way, and after I finished Whole30. And I'm scrolling through all of these posts and to be honest with you, it broke my heart. Hashtag life change. I'm thinking if this is your idea of life change, you don't even know what you're missing. Because we know that only Jesus is truly life changing. I mean, workout programs and Whole30 
30 can be great, but it doesn't change your life for eternity. We have experienced true life change, and we have to be willing to share our story. We have to be more passionate about what Jesus has done in our life than what we made for dinner on Tuesday night. Talk about hashtag life change. And as you're telling your story, as you're stepping out in faith, I want to encourage you, be patient and don't give up. Every time you tell somebody about Jesus, every time you speak truth to somebody, every time you tell your story, you are planting a seed. And it might take a while till you see results, but that is okay. Just this week in our church Facebook group, Lisa posted, today is someone's one day. I just prayed the sinner's prayer with a Buddhist friend we have been loving on and gently sharing the truth with for several years. Honestly, he's one of those that you think in your weaker moments might never be open to Jesus. God, yes, but not Jesus. Today was his day. He called and asked, I need Jesus. I know you know him. How do I do this? And we prayed with him and explained that his name is in the book of life now. Never lose heart. Never stop praying for your lost friends and family. Never accept the lie that anyone is beyond God's ability to save. God is faithful. Hashtag rescue. Now that's what I'm talking about. Be patient and don't give up. Your story is powerful. And your story is awesome because you can take it anywhere you go. On vacation with family, at the office with coworkers, at the park by your neighborhood, your story is a witnessing tool you always have with you. Our second action step tonight, invite people to church. The reality is church is where most people meet Jesus. In John chapter 1, verse 43 through 49, it says, The next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me, Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. Then Nathaniel exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. See, Philip, he had met Jesus, and he wanted others to meet him too. So he went to look for Nathaniel. He said, come and see, and then he brought him to Jesus. And this moment changed everything for Nathaniel. And this is what we are doing when we bring people to church. We are inviting them to come and see Jesus. And around 65% of Americans say that a personal invitation from a friend, family, or family member or neighbor would be effective in getting them to visit church. 65%. 
So people are open to an invitation to church, especially if it's from somebody that they know. And we know this is true because 50% of the connect cards that are turned in here at Generation Church, the people said that they were invited by a friend or a family member. This week in our Facebook group, we asked people to share stories of invitation, whether they were invited or if they invited somebody. And the stories were powerful. Andy said, I do have to say that God working through my friend to bring my family to this church is what saved my marriage. I learned to put God first in our household, and in doing that, everything always seems to work better. Nadia said, Patrick invited me three years ago after I asked about his church. I went and instantly fell in love. I let my own insecurities stop me from coming after a few weeks. Luckily, I found my way back and have never looked back. Inviting people to church works. And some of you in this room, you are inviting machines. It's like every single week, you're like, meet this person that I brought, meet this person that I brought, meet this person that I brought. You brought the whole section with you. But some of us, it's still scary. It can still seem overwhelming to think about inviting somebody to church. And I think we have a lot of common fears when it comes to this subject. One of the common fears that we have is, what if they say no? What if I ask them? And they say no. Well, who cares if they say no? You're not asking them to marry you. (laughs) This is just a fear of rejection. And the truth is a no thanks. It won't negatively impact your life in any way. But a yes could change someone's life forever. So I want to encourage you tonight. Press through any fear of rejection and just keep inviting because you will never get a yes if you never ask. Another common fear that we have when we think about inviting people to church, and this is one that I have struggled with, is what if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to? And I think this comes from a fear of feeling unqualified, that they're going to ask me some deep theological question and I'm not going to know the answer and then it's just going to ruin everything. Well, guess what? You probably won't know all the answers to their questions and that is okay. Nathaniel asked Philip a question. He said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Now, you need to understand that this is not just a casual question, okay? This is a pretty complex theological and cultural question. In Jesus' day, around 120, 150 people lived in Nazareth, and it was a tiny farming village high on a hill and far away from the made trade routes. So it was the last place anyone would be looking for the Messiah. So this was a very deep question that Nathaniel asked Philip, and he just completely ignored it. He did not even address that he asked him a question. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Just come and see. Come and see for yourself. You don't have to know all the answers. You just have to invite them to come and see. Come and experience God's power. Come and experience God's presence and let the Holy Spirit do the hard work. Another common fear that we have 
When we think about inviting people to church, is what if I make them uncomfortable? And this is a cultural fear because our world today says whatever is true for you, you do you and I'll do me and we'll just all live in perfect harmony. (laughs) But we know this is not true. We know there is one truth and one way and his name is Jesus. So we might have an uncomfortable conversation for two or three minutes, but they're going to be way more uncomfortable in hell if we don't tell them the truth. We know the truth, and we have to share it. As I look at these common fears that a lot of people have, I notice a theme. They're all about me. They're all about how this situation, how inviting would affect me, how it will make me feel. Fears keep us focused inward. But we have to push past the fears. We have to put them aside, and we have to focus on the lost. We have to replace the fear of what if they say no with what if they say yes. We have to replace what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to, to what if God has been preparing their heart and has been waiting for me to invite them. We have to replace what if I make them uncomfortable with what if they're hurting and find healing and hope here at church. We have to replace our fears and think about the lost But the good news is we don't have to do this in our own strength. 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 8 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, Be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. God gives us the strength. The Holy Spirit gives us boldness. We just have to be willing. And when we're inviting people, not if, right, but when we're inviting people, I want to encourage you to be specific. Often when we invite people, it's very general. It would be like if I came up to you and I was like, hey, we should get dinner sometime. No more information, no details. It would leave you with a lot of questions. It would be a lot better for me to invite you to dinner by saying, hey, come to dinner at my house on Monday at 5 p.m. My address is 123 Main Street, and I will text it to you so you can get directions on Google Maps. That is a way better invitation. And I think the same principle applies to us inviting people to church. Simply saying, hey, you should come to church with me sometime. It's very vague. It's very open. And it leaves them with a lot of questions. I think a better invitation would be, hey, you should come to church with me this Sunday. Generation Church at 6 p.m. I'll text you the address and I'll meet you in the parking lot. When we're specific, it takes away their fear. Also, when we're inviting, let's take the opportunity to share more about our church. Let's share why we love it and how God is using it in our lives. And let's also work Jesus into our normal conversations. 
Let's take the extra step to tell people what Jesus is doing in our life, how Jesus is working in our church. When your coworker asks you what you did on over the weekend, tell them you went to church and that Jesus was there and he was moving and it was powerful. It opens the door for them to ask questions and for you to invite. In our Facebook group, Tiffany said, the moment you go to the store for pickles and run into people from the church. I started asking the young boy what his favorite part of Super Sunday has been. Then all of a sudden, a lady asked, what church do you go to? I love how going to buy pickles can turn into an invite to church. See, when we are open and willing, God gives us the opportunity. Now, if you're still really nervous about inviting, here are some really easy ways to get started. And these are some things that we all can and should be doing, but also a great way to start if you're new to inviting people to church. You could put a church decal on your car. It's an easy way to get the name of the church out, and it's a great conversation starter. Nadia said, I ran into a few people lately that are like, is that your church from my decal? And I always proudly say, yes, have you been? It's great. And they always say, I've seen it around a lot and I'll have to stop in. Now, you might be thinking, but what if I put a church decal on my car and then I cut somebody off in traffic? (laughs) I would say, welcome to the club. And at least now they know that you don't have to be perfect to go to Generation Church. Another easy way to start inviting is to get some GC swag. Get a Generation Church t-shirt. Wear a GC hat. A lot of the times when I am wearing a Generation Church shirt out around town, somebody will ask me, is that your church? It's an open door, an easy conversation starter, and a great way to invite people to church. Another easy way to start inviting is to post on social media. It is easier now than ever to get the word out to mass amounts of people what Jesus is doing in your life and in your church. And we cannot waste it. Social media is a powerful and effective tool. Post about how much you love your church. Check in on Facebook every time you are here. Your friends will notice. And guess what? When they're hurting, when they're broken, guess who they're going to call? They're going to call you because they see you check in at Generation Church every single Sunday for eight years. It might take that long, but they'll call one day. Michael said, I overthink about inviting people, and doing so causes me not to invite often. Anybody else? One day, I was scrolling through Instagram and came across a Generation Church post. Not thinking at all, I just randomly tagged my cousin and said, hey, dude, let's go. He surprised me by saying he'd love to and has been attending ever since. All that time overthinking and worrying, and dude, let's go did the trick. It does not have to be complicated, people. Mary said, I used to go to church as a kid with just friends, with just a friend, no parents. Once we became teens, we stopped going. For the last year or so, God has been calling me to come back. 
There were a few churches in the area I wanted to check out, and Generation was one of them. Well, I kept seeing Nadia post about going, and I told her probably for a month that one of these times I was going to go with her. Finally, I did and have been coming ever since. It feels right and feels like home. Posting on social media is an effective way to invite people to church. Another easy way that you can share your faith and invite people to church is leaving a review on Google, Yelp, and Facebook. Shannon said, I typed in non-denominational Christian church near me in my Google Maps and Generation popped up first with some phenomenal reviews. I looked no further and we were there the very first Sunday. And the truth is most people, even the ones you invite, are going to look up a church and see the reviews before they walk through the door. I'm not going to a new restaurant without reading the reviews, and most people will do that with church as well. It's just the time we are living in. And reviews can answer questions, and they calm fears before they even walk in the door. It's a way to tell people who are searching what they will find. It's an entry point, and it's an easy way for you to invite people here. And the truth is that through these action steps and through these easy ways to invite people, we have to remember that we're not drawing people to us. We are drawing people to Jesus. We are inviting them to come and see Jesus. We are inviting them to come and experience his power, to come and experience his presence so that they can have a new life in Jesus. Now, you might be sitting in this room, and you might be thinking, this all sounds awesome. I want to do all that. I want to join Jesus on his rescue mission. But what if I step out in faith and fail? I've got great news for you today. The only failure is not stepping out. Success is not in the result, but in obedience. I'm not successful only if I get someone to church, but I'm successful if I invite them to church. I'm not responsible for changing someone else's story. I'm just responsible for telling them my story. And this totally takes the pressure off. Jesus doesn't expect us to save them. He doesn't ask us to save them because we can't. Only Jesus can save them. It's not our responsibility to save them. It's just our responsibility to tell them. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. We, church, we represent Christ to the world. We are his ambassadors to our city. There are so many lost, broken, desperate, hurting people that we encounter every single day. And we have to rise up. We have to take action. And we have to tell them about Jesus. What an honor it is to be on the greatest rescue mission of all time with our Savior. So tonight, 
Let's ask the Holy Spirit for boldness. Let's ask God for opportunity to share our faith, to share truth with the world. And let's invite people to come and see Jesus. Let's stand together as we respond tonight. thankful that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we can experience new life in you. And God, today, we are saying that we want to join you on your rescue mission. We know that all around us are people that are broken and lost and hurting, and we are asking that you would use us, God, that you would use us to go out and to tell them, to share our faith, to tell our story, to invite people to church so that they can come and see your power. God, tonight, we ask that you would increase our boldness, that you would increase our strength, Lord, so that we are strong and we are ready and we are willing to go and tell people about you and your love. For the sake of the world, God, we are joining you on your rescue mission. We love you. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship together tonight.